You are listening to the She Means Profit podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA, financial strategist for CEOs, and a Forbes.com contributor. She Means Profit is a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners just like you become a master at your finances without confusion so that you can increase your profit and net worth. With over 20 years of experience working with business owners, I'm sharing with you real and actionable advice that will give you the tools to take your financial power back. Let's make some major money moves together. Sarah Beth Davis is the owner of Winnie's Boutique, a baby and children's boutique in High Point, North Carolina. After the birth of her first child, Sarah Beth noticed a void in her local market for high-quality children's apparel and gifts. As a new mom, she loved the excitement of this busy yet exciting time and built a plan to create space that celebrates each special season of childhood. Through this experience, Sarah Beth has become passionate about supporting other entrepreneurs and the small business community in her hometown. When she's not in the shop, she's simply being a mom herself, packing lunches, attending dance recitals, reading bedtime stories, and finding so much joy in life with husband Brian and their two girls. Hey, Sarah Beth, welcome to the She Means Profit podcast. I am so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm excited to be a part of this. Yeah. So you and I have been working together like since I think early spring of last year. And what a year it's been, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I would love for you to introduce your business and tell us about Winnie's Boutique. And I mean, this is a beautiful boutique. I absolutely love it. And I'm always searching for kids who I can buy things for. And like, I'm realizing I'm severely lacking children in my life. (laughs) Because I want to buy things from your boutique. So please share with us about it. Yeah. So I opened Winnie's about two and a half years ago. It is a boutique. We specialize in baby and children's apparel, accessories, and gifts. And for me, this was sort of a very sharp left career turn. I tell folks that all the time. I have a very different professional background in the nonprofit sector, in fundraising and development. And just throughout my professional career, I always was looking for a creative pursuit, but always sort of put it off and said, that's just something for another life. I didn't go to college for that. Lots of other excuses and things. And it wasn't until I had children, my oldest is five years old, that I just really found a lot of joy in just preparing for baby and welcoming baby and all the things that come along with that. I loved dressing her up for special occasions. And also just, I would call them more ordinary occasions, like first day of preschool and and things like that. And so I started thinking that this could be my creative thing. This could be that second life opportunity that I had sort of been waiting to find. And it just so happened that in our local community, it had been decades since we had a true brick and mortar baby boutique. And so I started working and the stars aligned for us to open. We opened in the fall of 2020 and then we launched our e-commerce platform a few months later in the spring. We're very new and learning as all new businesses are. But again, like it's just been such a bright spot in our community to have this and fill this void that it's just been years since High Point's had anything like that. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I really want to highlight to the listeners that yes, you can order stuff online. So We're going to leave a link to Winnie's Boutique in the show notes, so make sure you check that out. Now, what was it that brought you to me in the beginning? Let's go back a little bit and talk about that. 
Yeah. So it's funny. I think now two and a half years in, I have just so many thoughts and about starting a business. I know so many questions that I had two and a half years ago myself, and there really just isn't a real clear roadmap. And so I remember when I was starting, I remember I was desperately seeking just financial information. I was looking for just data and information. It's really difficult to find that kind of thing when you're first starting and you're doing your research and trying to put together a business plan. It's it's so difficult. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's it's unnecessarily difficult. It really is. And particularly for an independently owned brick and mortar baby boutique in North Carolina, there's just, it's almost non-existent. And so I remember kind of getting to a point where I really have to put together kind of a best guess. I mean, I had an idea. I was fortunate to have some other small business friends here locally that sort of gave me an idea of what other types of businesses were doing. But I did, I sort of opened the business a little bit, kind of reaching that point where I had done as much research as I could, but I knew I was just going to have to jump in and start. Yeah, as we all do. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You never feel ready. Yeah, you're never ready. The timing is never right. I do remember thinking it feels a little bit foolish to say it out loud, but I didn't know really how much money I could realistically bring in. I I sort of could project it as, but it was almost a guess. And so Mm -hmm. I went into this just very uneasy, feeling very uncomfortable on the financials. And that sounds absolutely crazy, I'm sure, for anyone starting a business. But it really, if you've been in those shoes, then anyone would understand that. I was just going to say it's completely common. Yes, it's very. And there's no judgment here. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so, yeah, I needed to just get going and get some data and just have something to work with. And Mm -hmm. about close to two years in, maybe a year and a half was when I think I first reached out to you. I kind of had enough to work with and kind of knew, okay, this is what I thought it was going to be. This is what it's turning out to be. And I've got to write the ship. I've got to kind of get a grip on this. And so, yeah, when I came to you, I'm not going to lie, it was a little bit of a cry for help a little bit just to Mm -hmm. kind of get reoriented. I think being a new business owner, there's just so many things you think about and you were just overwhelmed all the time. Oh, it's so overwhelming. Oh, it's so overwhelming. And it wasn't that I was putting this off, but I was trying to wrap my head around what is it I really need to know. And I didn't know the answer to that. I was very fortunate to be referred to you. And I will never forget the person that referred you to me made the contact. I kept saying, Oh gosh, I'm too new. I don't know what I'm doing. I like this is going to be a disaster. And they said, Melissa will speak to you with absolutely no judgment. Oh, I love hearing that. She's been in your shoes. She owns business herself. Like, do yourself this favor and seek this help because now that we've been through and we've been working together, I know getting a grip on your financials as early as possible is just so vital to sustaining a business. And so, yeah, yeah, I did definitely take that leap of faith as so many entrepreneurs, I think, have to do. But I do think it's important too that as soon as you're able to kind of get your bearings around money in, money out, that type thing, to seek some guidance, just like I did with you. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. And it takes off a lot of the stress of running a business when you know what's going on in your business. So one of the reasons why I invited you for this talk was because I felt that you had such a unique story and you were so graciously willing to share it with us. But this story is very common for people who have gone into business with someone else and things may not have turned out the way they expected. And I wanted you to shed some light on that. Can you tell us a little bit about your story there? Yeah. When I first opened the business, first of all, I opened the business with two partners. First and foremost, back then, three years ago, I just was 
a little terrified to kind of do it alone. I didn't think I had the skill set. I didn't think I had the just experience. And so I was truly seeking partnership in opening the doors of Winnie's and just sort of had this vision of just this very equitable working relationship. And that is how it started. I was introduced to, well, let me back up a little bit. One of my partners was always sort of a minority silent party partner, if you will. She made a small investment in the beginning to kind of just cover some very basic startup costs when you're just very new and you've got to pay the attorney and pay the CPA and kind of get your LLC formed and things like that. But I was also at the time looking for a real working kind of day-to-day roll up your sleeves partner. And I found that in someone else, another community member that I knew by acquaintance, but Interestingly enough, I had the exact same idea about opening the exact same type of business. And so we got together and kind of thought, well, this is great. We both had the same vision here. We both kind of came from similar backgrounds in the sense that neither one of us had a lick of retail experience. And so there was, I think, some solidarity in opening and starting this new thing kind of coming from a similar place. And so we, that partner and I, we sort of dove in headfirst together and building this business. We borrowed money together to finance the business and finance those initial startup costs. And yes, we started together. We opened the store together as partners. And as time went on, we had some brief conversations at the beginning of I'll do this and you do that. And that's just how we'll coexist and we'll work together. And as time went on, Things shifted and priorities shifted and it just became very apparent that those equitable relationship was sort of severing a bit. And that was just not something I ever really expected. I think, again, going back to being a new business owner, you're just so overwhelmed with so many things and having a curveball thrown at you like that is just, it's very distracting. There's a lot to it. And Mm -hmm. so probably a year or so, I started wanting to have conversations about potentially changing what that relationship looked like, just having honest conversations about where are we with this partnership? What do we need to do? What do we need to go from here? And then sort of even before I even had a chance to do that, that partner came to me and said she wanted out. And I have heard tales of partnerships changing and dissolving and somebody buying somebody out and that type of thing. But it just wasn't, I always say it just wasn't in the five-year plan. It just wasn't something that I was expecting to Mm -hmm. sort of deal with so early on. I mean, we're still trying to figure out who we are and create this thing that is still very much in its infancy, I feel like, as new businesses go. So that was just a real curveball from sort of a business organizational perspective. I just Exactly. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because it's not uncommon in partnerships. So it's so important, like when you're building a business with someone, you have to choose carefully, right? Because it's like getting married. You've got this common interest of having this business. So when you think about the experience that you went through in dissolving this partnership, so when you think about this experience that you had and what you've learned from it, is there anything that you would want to share with listeners in terms of lessons learned? Oh, yes. First of all, I equate a business partnership 100% to a marriage. I think that when you are out there choosing a partner, when you're thinking about who that person is that you're going to, you're not just sharing business, you're sharing a lot of life with. And so there's got to be just some common ground. Your values need to be co-aligned, your purpose, as far as your vision for the business and your vision for what you want that to look like and how you want to do business with people needs to align. 
I think there's a lot of hard conversations that need to happen. Just like in a marriage, when you decide you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you have difficult conversations around values and money and how you want to build that family together. And I think just so much in the same ways with a business, it's sitting down and having uncomfortable conversations that frankly are uncomfortable and hard to do, particularly when you know someone, but not super well. So you don't want to come across as offensive or anything like that. But at the same time, it's so worth having to make sure that you're on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm guessing because we didn't talk about this, but I feel like when you first met, you're like, oh, our interests align. She seems really great. I'm going to partner with this person. Then you're in this honeymoon phase and you believe that everything's going to go really, really well. And then when it doesn't, it comes as a bit of a surprise, right? It does. It's a shock. It is. And I think just getting into the particulars too, just some things that I probably would have done differently from the beginning in addition to those hard conversations would have been, for instance, every businesses have an operating agreement and we had one certainly, but it was sort of on the, I call it the vanilla side. There wasn't a whole lot of meat to it. And I just don't think we knew that there needed to be, but just spelling out in their specific roles and really putting it on paper, what we're signing up to do. And also just thinking about the what ifs. We didn't go into this thinking that there was going to be this business partnership divorce, if you will. But I think it's good to think through what happens if that occurs as far as what happens to the business, what happens to money and money borrowed and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that all of those things are really important. And granted, I just didn't know I needed to do that. But in hindsight, I would advise anyone going into a business partnership to really think through all of the hypothetical situations and how you would handle with them, how you would handle them so that when you get there, it's not such a shock. You've got a plan. There's been some discussion around it. And I think that would help tremendously for anyone to do. Very good advice because so often these types of things are overlooked. Oh yeah. I was going to say that they're overlooked because nobody wants them to happen, but the reality is it can. And just again, having a plan takes a little of the shock and emotion too out of it when it comes down to it. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer in protecting your assets. So having that ironclad partnership agreement to ensure that you won't be taken down like this financial rabbit hole, so to speak, or you're not putting your family assets at risk or anything like that. I'm always like, Consult the lawyer, pay the CPA, pay the lawyer, pay all the people, put all the things in place because it's going to save you money in the long run. But people often don't do this because we all know as an entrepreneur, resources are tight, money is tight. We don't want to pay for things that we don't see the immediate benefit of. But when we hear stories like yours, it's so reinforcing to us that we do need to do these things to protect ourselves. So I love and appreciate the fact that you're sharing this. Yes, absolutely. I can't say it enough. I mean, it's only been doing this for a short amount of time, but have learned so, so much about protecting yourself for sure. Now, I certainly saw a transformation with you. I mean, from the time that we started working together, and it really didn't take long for me to see like you were motivated, you were quick learner, And you are determined to make this business work. Yes. Well, I will say, I think the biggest thing that I noticed in myself after starting to work with you is just a boost in confidence. 
I know when I came to you almost a year now ago, I lacked so much confidence around what I was doing. And I'll never forget when you said to me, like the first time we had a phone call, you said, there's one thing for sure. When we get through with this, you will not have one ounce of imposter syndrome. (laughs) You're going to know know in and out like what you do every day. And I think it's so, so true. And I think it's so common for every new business owner to just I don't know, maybe some folks go into it just with all the confidence in the world. But I certainly went into it having major imposter syndrome and just feeling like I did. I knew I was more afraid of not trying and having regrets about that than I was failure. So for me, that was enough to kind of push me off the ledge and get started with it. But at the same time, I was there's just been, I mean, many, many occasions where I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm not cut out. For we that. have all been there. Yeah, all the <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just the simple, just getting into the weeds of oh, yeah. numbers. And I am not a math person. I was a communication major. Like th- this is not my my forte either. But there's been so much confidence in learning and just really wrapping my head around it and knowing exactly what needs to get done each month. And with that comes incredible confidence. I can see it myself and feel it. And I'm so, so grateful for you for that too. Because- oh, that's so nice to hear. And like I said, I saw the transformation. It was almost immediate. It was like a switch flipped on you and that was it. There was no stopping you. So how did your financial habits change? I started paying attention for one thing a lot more. And again, that might just sound very simple, but I have a tendency to overcomplicate things and overthink things. And when I do that, I'm not looking at what's right in front of me. And so you really taught me to just pay attention, look at it, take it month by month. Obviously, we all like there's a time and a place for the big picture. But I remember we literally laid out each month, this is what you're going to bring in, this is what's going to come out, getting familiar with those numbers and watching for like curveballs and things that might come up. And I think sometimes when I just would have a tendency to just overthink, I was getting too far ahead. And I wasn't thinking about no, what do I need to do this month? Like, let's focus on this month, what small changes can I make? And so in a way, it was more or less just simplifying. I think it can be business finances can seem really daunting. And in a way, it can be very complicated. But I think at the place that I'm at right now, I needed to get back to the basics because I didn't have a grip on that, honestly, to start with. And so that's what I do. Now I'm in the habit of I sort of have these little systems for daily and weekly and monthly sort of checking in and making sure that the expenses that are going out, I'm aware of and it's just really for me, it was just bringing it down to just one day at a time. And I'm desperately trying to hold my excitement back because like, you're just, when I hear people talk like this, I get so excited because it's so true. Like when you know the numbers in your business, you know, what's going on. Would you agree with that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you do. And I really kind of felt like I didn't. And there was a part of me that felt dumb for not knowing. And then you're really, really good at bringing me back to reality and going, we're not going to feel dumb. We're not going to feel stupid. We're going to focus on what we know. And for me, who would have taught you how to do this? Nobody teaches you this. Nobody teaches you this. Absolutely not. No, for sure. And so yeah, you helping me simplify things. And at the end of the day, it's simple math. I mean, it's addition and subtraction and everybody can do that. Yeah. Did it feel hard to learn? No, not at all. And that's the thing. I think I just had this, again, overcomplicating and overthinking. I just had this huge fear of like, just, I can't do this. Like this is, I'm too small of a business to have a, I can't hire a CFO. I can't do, you know, those types of things. I'm going to have to do this myself. But again, at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be super complicated. It can be simple. Exactly. And And it doesn't need to be a huge investment either. It's not. Yeah. And that for me helped me kind of put the blinders on and and stay focused. Yeah. That's helped me tremendously. 
Well, I love it. And I'm so excited for your future. I know the future is bright for you. If there's anything that you want listeners to take away from this conversation today, what would that one most important piece of advice be? I would say do not ever be afraid to ask for help. That's a good one. And I think that goes for no matter how new or old you are in the business world. I think that I grew up a person that just lacked a lot of confidence around things. I was always afraid to ask for help because I was fearful of thinking, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. And then I went and opened it. Really, I didn't know what I was doing. But it surprises me to hear you say that because you come off as such a confident person. Well, thank you. I think it's a lot of years of work and I truly have come so far. And like I said, I think opening this business has done more for both personally and professionally. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Confidence and things, but also just asking for help and not being afraid of what kind of feedback you're going to get. I mean, I think when you open a business, you get all kinds of feedback. Everybody in the world is going to give you an opinion on whether you're Mm -hmm. doing anything or not. And you get some thick skin really quickly around that. But I knew a year ago, I said, I've got to get a grip on the financial piece so I can have an understanding of how to keep the ship sailing, basically. And so I have really leaned on this sort of village of professional advisors, as I call them, you being one of them, and just not being afraid to reach out and ask for help and ask for guidance. So that would be my key piece is don't ever be afraid to ask for help. I love that. That's absolutely smart advice. Now, we are going to leave the link, as I mentioned earlier in the show notes, for Winnie's Boutique. It is a gorgeous children's boutique. So I highly encourage you all to check it out. And I can't thank you enough, Sarah Beth, for coming on the show today. Thank you for everything, Melissa. Thank you for joining us on the She Means Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, I ask you to hit subscribe, rate the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Melissa Houston CPA and join us in our She Means Profit Facebook group.